0: This is the Banks of the Raritan podcast, presented by the Fans First Sports Network. We're back here on the Banks of the Raritan podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Greg Petuto here is your host, and a little different tone entering the week, being Michigan week after another three and zero start for Rutgers football, coming off a victory against Virginia Tech. But before that, we sit here on Thursday afternoon. Filming me and Matt Forno as usual and just what a beautiful day. I'm so excited to see the fall back. It finally feels like football should be on the TV. Obviously, we're we're entering week four. Football is back but there's something different when I get that chill in the air when I can feel the weather starts to change. I'm not sitting here in 80-degree weather waiting for games at night. So, Matt, the weather's turning. It's a great day out. How are we feeling this beautiful Thursday?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we were blessed on Saturday for the Virginia Tech game with another beautiful day. Got a oh, little man. hot right before kickoff, but nothing too concerning. Uh, I mean, grab your pumpkin spice lattes while you can. They're only here for so long. Enjoy them while you can. I mean, I went to the gym this morning, and then after that, I was like, I have to go outside. And I took about a mile walk, and it's just great to be outside outside this is, this is what makes college football so special, just football season in general. The weather starts to change. Those early those earlier games in the season, you know, sometimes they're hot, but then they start to cool off before they get, obviously, really cold. But enjoy it while you can. Uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't ask for a nicer day today. I'm, I'm, it's too bad we're inside right now, but maybe I'll get back out later.
0: I love when the pumpkin spice comes out. And not, not me personally, <laughs> like, to drink it. I, I'm a huge coffee guy. I'm not a big pumpkin guy. Yeah. But just when it comes out, that's when I know everything's changing and we finally get yeah, I mean, the weather the, I'm looking for.
1: The fall is my favorite season. I love oh, it. Like, it's and it's really like when you have you know December and the holiday season, we'll call it, you know, obviously gets dominated in December. And right after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gets completely overlooked, which it shouldn't. It's a great holiday. But you know, I don't hate when they start rolling out the pumpkins or just the pumpkin spice themes in August now because I just love it so much. I love the fall. I want it to last forever. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fall truther. Can't wait for the leaves to start to change. Maybe, maybe I'll get up to Maine to see it in person. Who knows? But, yeah, happy to be here, happy for the weather to be nice, and obviously happy to talk Rutgers football.
0: I love the Thanksgiving plug because that's my favorite holiday. It's lazy of yeah. people. It's lazy of people to go right from Halloween to Christmas. you got to include Thanksgiving in there. And, yes. again, we have a big game, you know, a big game for Rutgers – Not a big game in the eyes of the nation. I think that's fair to say, and it's an opportunity. But I will say this, speaking to Rutgers fans, trying not to be so negative, so I'll put it this way. Take what you get when you watch this game. Talk about it after. You know, Go into this game with no expectations, I know, and we're going to break it down even further, Matt, especially about the history. The past couple years, people might go in thinking that, you know, the impossible might happen. Something crazy might happen. And it's good to be hopeful, but go in with low expectations and, and then talk about the game after. Because if Rutgers keeps it close, I'm not a moral victory person. I think it's it's a little weak in certain spots. This is not one of those spots. If Rutgers goes in this game, competes, keeps it close, I'm not saying within a score, but you know, within two scores, something like that, you, and, and the offense continues to look good, and the defense continues to look good, I think there's you come away feeling good about this game and feeling good about where the season
1: might go. completely agree. Uh, I, I I'm gonna be honest I'm, I' I maybe I'm happy that we're doing this podcast because for the past two days I've consumed way too much Michigan content. My YouTube algorithm is literally all Michigan podcasts right now because this has been a team that hasn't pl- I think Rutgers has played better competition than than Michigan has so far, especially with both teams having their first three games at home. Michigan with their first four games at home. Uh, obviously, keep in mind, Jim Harbar is returning. And I yep, do yep. think that it is something that really needs to be uh, taken into consideration. Um, I, I think he is a great coach, probably the best coach in the Big Ten. I do think, though, uh, I was listening to a podcast. They were saying that it was this college football with Sam. If you ever listen to his videos, he breaks down like all of the positional, uh, advantages and also the coaching advantages and he and to quote him he said Michigan has a superior coaching staff I definitely don't agree with that I think they have probably a better coaching staff sure just based off of what they've done with their players and how they recruit and perform however obviously Jim Harbaugh you lose your head coach that's a problem if Greg Shana wasn't on the sideline I'm worried however they have they have not looked like Michigan should look playing against ECU um unlv and then bowling green all at home at times they've looked sloppy they haven't dominated the trenches like we've seen them do like against ohio state they played better against ohio state last year than they did these three pat the games that they just played these past three weeks so if if you do have this superior coaching staff better defense coordinator better offensive coordinator i think you put a better product on the field now that's a lot easier said than done when the head coach isn't there. But I think it's important for Rutgers fans to remember that the staff that Chiano has put together is extremely competent, and I trust them here. Now, the reason I said I'm happy we're doing the podcast is almost I need to vocalize these things how I'm feeling because I'm going into this game pretty optimistic. I think that when it, the line opened up at 31 and a half, yeah, yeah which is just ridiculous, that was what the line was for, I think, ECU. It might have been more than that. But either way, like Rutgers is a – Improved team and three, it just blows my mind that the line was that large, and obviously the betters reacted immediately and it moved seven points to twenty four points. Or Rutgers a twenty four point underdog. Do I think Rutgers should be uh, a multi score underdog in this game? Yes, I do think three three and a half scores. I guess we can call it. I think it's three scores, three touchdowns and a field goal. I think that's pretty high, and I think the only reason that happens is if Rutgers finally kicks itself in the face and turns the ball over but obviously we'll get into it more but from what I've seen about Michigan is I'm still wondering if they're better I don't think they're better than last year maybe maybe their front seven could be better but their offense just the running game just hasn't been there they clearly should be able to run the ball they have two great running backs great offensive line and J.J. McCarthy's mobile but just just unsure of what we're going to see and maybe they're saving it for Rutgers which again seems a little silly to do but we're going to find out.
0: It's kind of odd when you think about this upcoming game, in my opinion, because, you know, when, it, from a Rutgers perspective, you're not going in there as a fan, I should say, the team expects to win every game. You're not going in there expecting to win this game. But at the same time, you look at Michigan and what they've done, and it's like, are they playing down to competition? You know, were they missing Harbaugh or... Are they just early season struggles right now that they haven't really put it all together? You know, maybe they don't look at Rutgers even as, you know, that elite competition that they'll step up to the plate and, and knock down, which could work in Rutgers' favor, especially if you're betting the game. We'll get into that during our best bet segment later in the show. So I'm curious to see how this team comes out against Rutgers. And, you know, for all the history buffs out there, it's also hard for me to look at the recent matchups against Michigan because take 2020. A game that Rutgers should have won, triple overtime. (laughs) That was a bad Michigan team, so you throw that out the window. 2021 was the only fair uh, measuring stick because Michigan was on the way up. Not as good as they were now. Rutgers was there. They had the ball down a score in the fourth quarter with a chance. I think Rutgers is a better team. Michigan's obviously a better team than that matchup. Last year, you can talk yourself into, you know, they they were winning in the first half. They played a tough first half, had the lead at the half. It's hard to be outscored thirty eight nothing in a half of football, so even then that's one you kind of just want to throw away so i'm really curious to see how Michigan comes out here it's basically a new matchup. Rutgers has improved, and Michigan has a few question marks they haven 't come out as dominant as we expected against the their cupcake schedule early on
1: yeah, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this, you 're familiar with how Rutgers has performed against Michigan, and like you said, that twenty twenty one game was a, i mean it was the best feeling I felt it was the best way I felt after a loss probably besides, like, the 2017 Washington game when we lost. Like, we lost, but I was like, hey, this team looked okay. And they did in 2021. They, they really did, They really competed if it wasn't for uh, that final drive fumble by Noah Vedro, Who knows what happens? I still probably think we end up losing. But in any case, they completely, 100%, stats back it up, eye test outplayed Michigan in that second half of football. Yep. Uh, and why were they able to do that? They were able to limit the run. And that's where Michigan just hasn't, dominated in these last games and I think that's where you should dominate if you're down your head coach simply running the football I think it's just easier to do there's less thinking just you know had a, a guy on a guy Michigan's guys are better than yours if you want to know what, what Michigan if, if you want to see Michigan at their best this season I recommend watching maybe like the full game highlights of UNLV the first game against ECU it's a week one teams come out flat they, they definitely were the better team but they didn't cover they should have covered and they didn't run the ball at at all then against Bowling Green, and, and I want to compare Michigan to Ohio State. I know those fans don't like to do that, but you look at these teams; they both have played three uh, inferior opponents compared to them. And Ohio State, throughout these first three weeks, didn't struggle, but didn't. No, they, offensively, they struggled. Defensively, they were fine against Illinois or Indiana. I don't. They played. Uh, I don't remember who they. Youngstown State, and then they played Western Kentucky. And I think those are all three competitive teams they're not good teams but they're competitive teams they got better each game i don't think michigan has gotten better each game in fact i think they've played okay they played great and then they played okay again the reason if you look at the score they didn't cover i think it was what was the score against bowling green 31 to 6 michigan had uh, jj mccarthy threw three bad interceptions and he threw one red zone interception so you take this the game could have been completely different if that doesn't happen however he also threw a touchdown off of Flea Flicker that was tipped like three times and ended up in his receiver's hand for a touchdown. So it was a it was a little bit of a, 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 a wonky game. Uh, and this is one thing I've learned, is J.J. McCarthy likes to thread the needle. He was able to do it great against UNLV, but against Bowling Green, it cost him. That's why he threw those three interceptions. He yep. threaded the needle. He trusts Yeah, and, and I think that's where Rutgers can look for success if we're able to limit them in the run, I still think J.J. McCarthy is a great quarterback. I, he's got talent. He's mobile. He has a strong arm. But if he's going to thread the needle against this Rutgers defense, especially with the way the linebackers have been playing in coverage, I'm excited to see what can happen. We're going to need to obviously win the turnover battle. But if he plays like that again, three turnovers. Now, maybe he's more motivated. Jim Harbaugh is back on the sideline. He's in his ear. He's, he's coaching him up. But if J.J. McCarthy does play like this again, it could be a completely, the game could be flipped upside down. I mean, Rutgers clearly is running the ball successfully, and they're defending the run very well. And I think what was helpful playing against Virginia Tech and Kyron Drones was they finally got a feel for a mobile quarterback because no one thinks of J.J. McCarthy as a mobile quarterback, but in all these games, these, these first games for Michigan they've used him as with design quarterback reads or read options so I think it's and I think Kyron Jones is a better dual like a better runner not a better quarterback so I'm, I'm happy we saw that so keep that in mind with Rutgers so we, we've obviously have seen the defense been successful this is the game where the offense is going to have to win the game the defense is capable of obviously uh, against teams like Ohio State where they're you know they just can spread the field and do whatever they want against whatever defense Michigan doesn't have that level of dynamic dynamicness however want to say it but they do have some good wide receivers and one guy in particular that worries me is number one roman wilson he's just a speedster can run every route he's good he's caught touchdowns so that's one thing that worries me however maybe we play good defense maybe we get after jj mccarthy and it's a different game but you know it's, it's a game where this the offense is going to have to do what they've done uh and control the clock protect the ball and we'll see what happens but uh, again this is gavin's most important game probably of his career
0: yeah, you look at the secondary of Rutgers, and I think that's going to be the, the key factor in this game against J.J. McCarthy and these wide receivers. You mentioned Roman Wilson, you know, who's got six touchdowns. He's not even the team's leading receiver, with Cornelius Johnson right there. The two are neck and neck. They have good receivers, not great receivers like they've had in the past. They're good receivers. But the matchup with the secondary is going to be interesting because Rutgers' secondary has been, you know, they've had their lumps at times. They haven't been the strength of this defense. That's obviously up front. So I think because of that, I think Rutgers can compete in the trenches. That's not saying win the battle in the trenches, because on both sides, Michigan is just the talent gap is so wide right now, obviously. So I'm not saying win in the trenches, but they can compete. I'm not worried about the linebackers in this game. You know, they're big game players. They should show up. I'm worried about the secondary a little bit, because like you mentioned, he's a gunslinger. He likes to thread the needle a bit, but... If, you know, guys are open, if he has chances, he's got the arm strength to beat a secondary like Rutgers. So I think that's going to be a huge factor.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at, uh, I I think the strongest passer we went up against this year, and this probably the best, I mean, maybe Virginia Tech didn't didn't have some injuries, but uh, EJ Warner, like, he completed some really great passes. So obviously J.J. McCarthy, I'm going to say, is better than him. Uh, and he has better receivers and a better offensive line. Like AJ Warner needed to get the ball out fast against Rutgers. Uh JJ McCarthy's gonna have some more time in the pocket. I think that goes without saying. So when you look at the the Rutgers offense, though, they're going up up against without question. Probably depending on how Ohio State's defense shakes out, I think they're they are very good. Either this Either the first, it, it's a top three defense they're playing on their schedule this year. I think that goes without saying. Probably right. could arguably be number one. Penn State. Their front seven very, their front their front seven is very talented. They return a lot of guys. And what I saw watching Bowling Green play is they had to get the ball out fast. You know, and tight ends into the flat, running backs into the flat, and what happened? They were met immediately by whoever was there, whether it was the linebacker or corner or safety. So it's going to be interesting because I don't feel like we've seen that from Rutgers Is these quick passes to guys in the flat or maybe a quick slant. There's been a couple, but not many. There hasn't been much we've seen in the passing game, but I still think even if Rutgers goes on and wins this game, it's probably going to be on the ground because that's how they're going to win the game is with time of possession. And one thing that is shocking, looking at the box score – Bowling Green had the ball for 36 minutes compared to Michigan's 23. And Michigan won 31-6. to Like, that's... I don't understand that. So that's... They did have some big plays, but they didn't have, like, 80-yard touchdowns. Like, they had drives that were sustained and ended... A couple of them ended maybe... I don't think there was a 50-yard touchdown pass. Maybe the flea flicker. Again, it was a little fluky. So it's just not a great game to watch. Um, And one thing that's... One thing that I think is needs to be... Taken into consideration is this is on the road, our first road yeah. test in the largest stadium that we'll play. I don't think it's the toughest place we'll play by any means because we're going to Penn State and Iowa and those places. But that needs to be taken into account. Now, again, Rutgers hasn't played necessarily poorly on the road in Ann Arbor, and I don't think other teams go in there like, oh no, we're in a hundred and ten thousand, however many people it is, like. It, they can be a little quiet. They, if the game gets out of hand, they are sit on their hands. They'll be quiet. They'll be there. You know, the academics that are at Michigan are at the game, too, you know, probably studying. So it, it's a game where I'm, I'm worried because it's on the road, but it's not it's not a happy valley during a whiteout like uh, Iowa's going to be playing. So something to keep in mind as well with this game. No, no
0: defensive scores in that Michigan Bowling Green game either. That's usually how time of possession gets a little skewed. They were all... Uh... Just looking at the box, all the touchdowns were all were all offensive scores. It's very strange. Yeah. But it, I'm curious how the – there's so many things to digest in this game and, and break down. The offensive line for Michigan, we know what they can do. They're, they have one of the best every year, and they love to run the football. Can Rutgers stop it A, and can they get to J.J. McCarthy? And then you look at – flip it around. Can Rutgers' offensive line protect you know the big boys coming from Michigan? We've talked for years and years, not even just this season, years about the question mark that is the Rutgers offensive line. Starting to look a little more secure. Starting to trust it a little more. There's consistency there finally. There's improvement that fans have been waiting for. But again, this is a different animal. So can they give Gavin time? Can they open up the holes in the run game for guys like Kyle Menungay? And three, in my opinion, is Kirk's rocket going to open it up a bit? Are we going to see, like you said, those quick passes into the flat? Maybe a wide receiver screen every now and then. I think this is a game where Gavin's going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have to throw it well, and he's going to have to not turn it over. But I'm curious to see how the game plan is in a game like this because I've done nothing but praise the coaching staff and praise the play calling. Now's the time where you got to show it. And I'm not saying show it, again, to the point where you win the game, but put together some drives, keep the drive going, have some time of possession. You know, Don't come out in the first half and get your first first down you know, midway through the second quarter or something like that. You got to come out and show them that you're going to be able to sustain drive and throw some stuff at them to have a move and lateral move, have this defense moving side to side.
1: Yeah. It, it's going to be a game where we're going to see if I, I still think Kurt Rock Trey has been a tremendous addition to the offensive staff and just the team in general. Um, And I I feel like Michigan is like, he, they run, no, cause they pat. No, I I would say that like, if, imagine Kurt Kurt and on a team like Michigan. Like, they would be – I think he would be a perfect fit there because they – maybe I shouldn't be saying this because maybe Michigan, depending on how Rutgers right. does, they'll try to poach him. But, uh, you know, and, and I think depending on how these type of mo- much more challenging games go, maybe that is something that does happen. However, you know, they're, they're a team that is first going to run the ball, has a capable passer, but he's been playing – he hasn't – Fans treat J.J. McCarthy in Michigan, I feel like, the way fans treat James Frank in, in Happy Valley. They don't really like him that much. Again, this is a guy who's made it to one back-to-back Big Ten championships on the road to the college football playoffs where they've just played poorly. Uh, especially against a TCU team that just doesn't didn't have a great defense to start out with, and he threw two pick sixes. So that's where Rutgers is going to need to find ways to create value in this game is on the defensive side of the ball making J.J. McCarthy uncomfortable, but we always said this, and Kirk Surracha has done it successfully. I in the, in the second half of of Virginia Tech and then the other two fully, for the full game of the other two games, is controlling the clock, the time of possession. If they can do that, they can keep Michigan off the field and they protect the ball. I mean, look, we, we're going to say this every game. It's the same formula they need to do to win these games is just take your time, Gavin make accurate throws don't do anything crazy and I think that there's been a couple instances where Gavin's made some ill-advised throws but I just think that when I think of previous years last year specifically I don't know how many if this was last year he probably has like four interceptions already I'm not sure like and the thing is is he's he's thrown some bad throws that could have been intercepted but that did not happen against Virginia Tech. I feel like he really didn't throw anything that was too crazy, made me get nervous. There were some bad throws, but there wasn't like, oh crap, what, what was he doing there? It was just maybe he made the wrong read or just, you know, a bad throw and complete pass. So we'll see what Sriracha can do. I think that we know what the formula is. And I think Michigan is also, this is a game where I don't know who they play next week. Can't remember. But I in any go to Nebraska case, Nebraska next week. Yeah, like, nah. I guess that's not like a. I mean, it's, for them, that's probably like playing Wagner, like we're going to be doing. They got a very so, start. yeah, and that's that's again, people say it's because something happened with Oklahoma, blah blah blah. But it's ridiculous how easy their their first three games are. It like every year, it's crazy. It, it, it's insane. But maybe that works out for Rutgers. I don't know. Like this, this is not. I would say this is not an easy game. It's a, absolutely they deserve to be favored makes perfect sense but this is if rutgers keeps the ball protected this is not going to be an easy game for michigan and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to hearing hopefully a, a dead crowd in michigan when rutgers forces a turnover or has a great opening drive something like that i think that's the importance i think we're going to know how this game's going to start from the beginning how rutgers starts out the gate whether it's on offense or defense they've clearly done a tremendous job besides well temple was still they did well they just fumbled but The three games, they've started hot. They started very, very hot. So let's let's see if that can continue. This is obviously going to be arguably the hardest game of the year. But let's see what happens. I'm excited. I I think this is going to be fun. I don't think there's any reason. the, The reason you should only, if you are going to feel discouraged in a game like this, it's because of Rutgers playing poorly, meaning like turning the ball over, penalties, getting getting letting things get away from them but that's where i think greg Shiano comes in i think that kirk taracha and joe harris simiak these guys who are just just great coaches get the guys ready and i think they have i i'm I'm, i can't wait to watch the game i think it's gonna i'm really hoping it's it turns out to be like a good game that people talk positively about regardless of the outcome because this will help rutgers people understand that hey this isn't the quote-unquote same old rutgers Throw out what happened last year, the last two years. This is a different team. I think that anybody can agree with that. So, can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, this
0: is easily the best team Michigan's played. It's crazy what they do every year. I remember looking at it last year. They opened up Hawaii, UConn, and I forgot, I think Colorado State might have been their third game. And I think it's you're like, right. every single year these guys are playing nobody. And I know I know the schedules are are made years p you know in, uh, in in the future or not the future. They're made years before. I should say. So you can't really tell. It's hard to predict years down the line, but I mean, add a at a non conference game, I had to look back last time they played a big no non conference game. It was in 2019. They went to Notre Dame, but it's like four years. You know, you're Michigan. You're supposed to be in here trying to win a national title, and you're not playing anybody early on. Very odd to me. But the good thing for Rutgers, you go in with no expectations. These are the fun games, especially once you start three and zero. You go in with low expectations, low to no expectations. You just want to see what your team shows against a superior team. This is the fun for fans. This is the, the no pressure. You could sit there and enjoy this game. Like you said, the only thing that's going to ruin it is if Rutgers start turning the ball over, committing penalties, just getting absolutely bullied that it looks like a varsity versus JV type game. That's what you don't want to see. If they're in there competing, even if they lose this game by 14, you know, you could feel good coming away. Be like, you know, Rutgers competed. They they fought hard. They took care of the ball. They didn't commit penalties. They kept. They ran the ball well. It's all about keeping your identity in the face of adversity and going up against the number two team in the country, going to Ann Arbor, 100,000 people. That's, I mean, that's as adverse as it's going to get. So Rutgers has to keep their identity. And like you said, it comes from this coaching staff from early in the week, from Greg Shiano's press conference on Monday, keeping the same routine, the same practice, the same travel, all that stuff, and getting them ready for this game.
1: Well, I mean, this is this might take the podcast off the rails. I just opened up Twitter and forget everything we just said. I Rutgers is wearing all whites on Saturday, the icy whites. This flips, flips everything upside down. They're going to score a billion points. What's that? Interesting. They're going all white. Yeah, I don't game. know. I don't know if you can see this, but it's it, they're all all oh, wow. white, white helmet, white pants, yeah. icy whites. I think they might have done that. The year they went to Ann Arbor last, I think they did it against Michigan State last year. I don't know. It's obviously just a joke, but they just look fast in the whites. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I'm excited to see what that happens. In Michigan last game where they're all they're I don't know if it's they were they're all blue. So like I guess our jersey gets stuff's over with. So we don't have to worry about any type of weird stuff like that. But yeah, I just I, I had to say something since I opened it up and it just was right there. Uh but I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens. This is uh Yeah, I don't I it would really be discouraging for Rutgers to revert to itself, what we've seen the past years. I'm not content with them playing conservatively just to prevent that from happening, meaning like run, run, pass, run, 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 and then punting, 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 and letting the defense get the job done. They should try to come out here and pass the ball. That's what Bowling Green did. They didn't do it very well, but they weren't afraid to throw the ball. I don't know if they they threw any interceptions, did they? Uh, In any case, I'm excited to see what happens. And and this is a game, I've wrote about it the past three weeks. I've done like a, a questions and answers series on On the Bank's And one thing I've one question that I had regarding the offense is: Will there be a number one wide receiver? And so far, I I think there's two there's two ways to look at this. One, there is not right now, based off of statistics. Like, I don't know who the number one wide receiver is, and the reason for that is somebody has been the leading wide receiver in each game, and it hasn't really been close. It's been like it was like the first game there was a lot of guys involved, but we'll say Isaiah Washington. Then it was Jaquay Jackson, and then this game it was Christian Dremel.
0: Yeah.
1: So. That's not great because we don't have that go-to guy. However, we have a lot of guys contributing in the passing game, albeit minimally. Not not a lot. Not We don't have a 100-yard receiver yet, but a lot of guys are getting involved. We're not throwing the ball to Johnny Lang. And again, want to see the tight ends involved. But it's good that the receivers are the ones that are the leading catchers each game. It's just very small, very minimally. Now, maybe Aaron Young comes back, and maybe we mentioned like open up opening up the passing game with some screen passes. That's something Rutgers hasn't shown. Any type Not of like all. quick quick hitches, wide receiver screens, which I'm which makes me excited because I I there's one thing this team's done well from the wide receiver position, and it's block. I posted that video highlighting Johnny Langan as a great run blocker. Jaquay Jackson had big blocks. Isaiah Washington's has big blocks. Like, these guys are making plays when they're not getting their numbers called. So I'm excited to see if they can turn that good run blocking from the skilled position uh, players into positive plays. So I would look for that this year or this this week against Michigan. Is Those quicker passes, if we're seeing those corners off the line of scrimmage, quick hitches those rocket screens. Hopefully Aaron Young is back. We have more of a threat in the passing game from the running back position. And maybe Sam Brown does something. I'm, I'm, again, the running back room's been elite, but we're going to see what happens. But I think if, if Rutgers offense wants to really take that step forward, we're going to need to see more. And I am i can't wait to watch it.
0: Yeah, Aaron Young's been a big loss so far, and it's because of that. They, he gives you that threat out of the backfield. And not saying that Monungai or guys like Samuel Brown can't be that, but they're just not as talented. They're not as explosive as – Aaron Young is in the passing game. So that would be a big factor to get back. And we talked about this a little after the Virginia Tech game. I can't get myself to believe that Rutgers has shown everything because they haven't shown anything. So if they've shown everything, it's going to be a long year because they haven't shown anything in the first three games. And I think that's smart. They did what they had to do to win the game. And this is a game where you have to open it up a bit. You know, Don't be reckless, but do some of the stuff that we've been saying. Throw it to the flat. Throw screens. Get your running backs involved in the passing game Maybe. Maybe a couple more quarterback design runs. I know we've seen those in the over the past three weeks. But, you know, get Gavin involved using his legs. Get the offensive line moving side to side. Get them on the on the perimeter in the screen game. So there's a lot that can be thrown at this Michigan defense that Rutgers hasn't really shown. So that goes back to the game plan that, you know, Greg Sciano and Kirk Sirocco are going to drop in this game. So it'll be interesting to see what they kind of prioritize. And I think the first possession of the game is obviously the most important. If I had to guess... Right now, I don't know who's going to win the toss and who's you know, yeah. going to do what, but I can somehow see Rutgers getting the ball first in this game, no matter, how, yeah. no matter how it happens. I see Rutgers getting the ball first in this game. And going three and out would be just detrimental because you get the crowd involved. you got to get a first down or two, at least flip field position. Just show the defense that you're going to be coming all day. You're going to be doing something. You're going to be throwing different things at them, and that will be important right away in that first quarter.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I'm with you, too. I see Rucker starting with the ball in this game for some reason as well. I don't know well. why, but I can see it. I do love it when the defense is on the field first for a number of reasons. You know, if you get a stop or whatever, then you turn those points off and they you get the ball at halftime. Plenty of reasons. I think any team would like to start like that, but we'll see. Uh, we, we obviously aren't mind readers. We can't predict the future, but I think that uh, it should be a game where fans just try to remain calm throughout the game because – we can't change anything, obviously. Uh, we could try. I don't think it will work. But I think that I am just, I've talked about it all the time. I've talked about it on this podcast. Like, I just tr- trust the coaching staff. Greg Schiano, came in, well, it, I think it was the the Seton Hall basketball game when Rutgers was up by a billion in 2019, and told the fans, told the sold-out, at the time, rack that they got really close to being uh number one I think they were number nine or number whatever they got up to and he wants to you know be number one he wants to get there games like this are how you get there you take winning games like this is how you get to that point I feel as though he's really starting to see his vision come into fruition of what he thinks Rutgers can be and I, again, it stinks that this is Michigan. Imagine if it was like Iowa or Wisconsin and Rutgers takes off. Like we're, we're starting at the top right now of the Big Ten. Obviously, we started with the bottom, I guess. But we st- we're, we're I'm going to consider this the first real Big Ten game of the season. If Rutgers is somehow able to pull off the miraculous win, it's not only going to be, in my opinion, the biggest win in Rutgers athletics history. It'll be the biggest college football win of the season. Obviously, Texas went to Alabama, but they're a ranked team and they they have good players. If Rutgers does this, this is going to—I don't know where. Obviously, the pandemonium in Piscataway is a historic moment, and I love watching those highlights. But I really think this pales in comparison. If this happens, it'll be stink. It'll stink because it's on the road. But what Ruck? This would make Greg Schiano. His vision would be it's there. You know, it's it's right in front of him. He just needs to get more guys in. So this game is so important for not only we talked about Gavin, the team, but Greg Schiano because he said he's, he said he said what he said. And these are the type of games where you can make that statement. Of course, it's against a very, very, very good opponent, if not the best team in the country. But we'll see what happens. I mean, Michigan has shown weaknesses. They haven't shown dominance. And I'm looking forward to it. I think Rutgers uh, clearly is is the, the clear underdog from a nearly all perspective. The, the Rutgers defense has shown me one thing, and they're going to fight. They continue to tackle well and and, and limit Blake and Donovan Edwards at the line of scrimmage. I think Rutgers fans will have a lot to be excited about. Obviously, I digress there. I went on a tangent, but just keep that in mind, what Greg Shano has said. He didn't come here just to get a paycheck. You know, he's been working his ass off. He says he pretty much only sees his team, the staff, and uh, the reporters and, and, his, and his family. He's all in, and we should be all in, too, so I can't wait.
0: We're going to take a short break here before we get to our best bets of the week for this coming slate in college football. And Rutgers, you mentioned before, the line movement in this game has been crazy. They opened up as 30. I think I saw 30 and a half when it originally opened up. You knew that was going to come down because there was going to be yes. money on Rutgers the way that it's looked. I wish I got it at 30 and a half. That would have been a safe one to look at, but... And we're going to dive into that more as we get into our Best bet segment, into the Rutgers game. Obviously, we pick a Rutgers game every week. And five of the other games that we like across the country. And this might be our best slate to look at thus far. This is a loaded slate. There's great games all over the board. Looking back to last week, I had my best week at 5-1, including a a win in Rutgers. Um, The Rutgers' first half, we both had that one, minus three. That was an easy one. I took Memphis on Friday night, minus 14. That was a huge loss. Memphis is not yep. good for anybody out there. They just look terrible against a bad Navy team. Iowa State, Ohio under. Colorado team total over. Thank God for that double overtime there. That Or else that <laughs> one wouldn't have hit. Washington, a huge win over Michigan State. They're just in shambles right now. Yep. And West Virginia, minus one. They... I think that game was seventeen six. That just we talked about Phil Jerkovich too. I don't know where it came out that he was an NFL quarterback, but Uh, he scored six points. Makes me
1: want to bash my head in. Just everywhere he's going, they've stunk. Yeah, they've stunk. Yeah, they just they've been
0: bad. Yeah, they've been bad. And um, I don't know if you have yours right in front of you, but your picks from last week right in front of you. But you were two and four last week. First week of the year, thirteen and eight on the season. Again, the Rutgers win and the Washington team total over. We were all over Washington and all over the Rutgers first half. You bought into Colorado. I had I was nervous about that Colorado game last week because of pe- people were going the other way and saying the Colorado State comments and the talk coming was going to help Colorado. Yep. That just showed that I don't know. That showed me that you know Colorado State was going to come in with a little fire.
1: Yeah, I mean Colorado. We we I've talked about it. Like they don't have the guys. Uh, up front in the trenches that are going to help you cover those type of spreads which is you know we'll get into the game against uh, Oregon but I mean how do you go from a 22 and a half point underdog to your in-state rival or I'm, t- I'm sorry favorite to a 21 point underdog on the road in conference so you know it's fine I, I I'm still a Colorado guy I'm very happy to see what what uh, they were able to do but when you lose Tra- Travis Hunter one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country. Still have Shador Sanders. But, yeah, I, I what was most disappointing, though, for me was just the Florida State. I, w- I was so convinced. I didn't know it was a red bandana game. I guess I should have done my research. That's the big Boston College thing. I didn't know that. But I was proud about my Washington team total over 36 and a half. I think they covered that in, like, the first half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they really pummeled uh Michigan State on the road. And that's why I'm, the Huskies are my team this year, I think. I'm really excited for them. I was close on the under for Duke Northwestern. Western Michigan just didn't cover. They were close. TCU Houston over wasn't close. And then, of course, FSU. I just, it was bad. It was a bad week for me. wasn't happy about that. But, uh, yeah, I, at least I had Rutgers. That's, that, that was something I can hang my hat on. And, honestly, my initial pick was the over of the first half. That also would have hit. Rutgers yeah, covered that right. themselves. Uh, so, you know, I, what I need to do is is also not get carried away and start betting on all these other games that I don't like I'm not focused on. But this week I actually did a, not a little bit of research, but it's a tougher slate, but it's great games. So either way, like whether it's you you lose your bet or not, these games should be fun to watch. Important matchups, pivotal matchups and things that can really shake up college football because there's, there's some top 10 matchups, there's ranked matchups. Uh, Conference games are kicking in. It just should be fun. I still think it's a tougher week to pick. Regardless, I'm excited to get into it.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna dive right into it. Again, I'm 15 and six on the year, three and zero in Rutgers. Matt at 13 and eight, three and zero in Rutgers games as well. So we're seeing Rutgers well, and as good of a slate that it is, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for 30 seconds on one of the uglier games we'll see, and that's (laughs) Wisconsin Purdue. Just such a bad game. Wisconsin's disappointing. Purdue producing that transition period. The over-under set at 54. I think that's a little high, so it makes me nervous that it's at 54 because Vegas always knows better than we do. But I don't see a reason that that game should go over, so I would lean under in that game. I could change my mind by tomorrow, of course, but as I'm sitting here now, I think that 54, I would take the under in that one.
1: <laughs> I think one thing that's important to keep in mind is this isn't the Wisconsin like, – when you think Wisconsin, they're, they're running the ball. They are. Uh, they have a more of a gunslinger and tanner Mordecai at quarterback but their defense isn't playing at wisconsin's level in years there that they were the number one defense in the country and it was like them and iowa and it wasn't close who was next so i w- i would be you you were did you say over there or you said under, under you said there. under right I would lean under there i i think the last time i bet on uh wisconsin i actually hit on the over but again not a, it's just not a game i'm interested in watching no, but ugly game it's, lucky ugly it's on game. Friday
0: night that people might be able to watch it on a Friday yeah
1: night. yeah Um, I I mean, another game that I'm actually interested in, I I placed a small wager on it, is the game tonight, actually. Georgia State, Coastal Carolina. Georgia State's six-and-a-half-point underdog in, I forget where Coastal Carolina plays, but, you know, the Coastal, wherever that is. Um, I I do think I I am siding with Georgia State here, plus six-and-a-half, and I sprinkled the money line, plus 210 a little. I, and I, I think I even hit the under a little. I just oh no, I didn't. I didn't touch the under. Just think, Georgia State—they've done well. I think they, they beat. I think they beat UConn. That doesn't say much, but Coastal Carolina—they lost their head coach Jamie Caldwell to Liberty, I believe. Grayson McCall is still a good quarterback. He's just regressed a little. But Georgia State's just got the job done, and I think that's a big spread. And the last time I bet Coastal Carolina on like a weekday, they didn't cover against App State, so I'm, I remember that. But this is a game that, you know, it starts a little bit before Thursday night football. I'm not really excited about the Giants and the Niners tonight, especially with all the players out for the Giants. So I needed to get some action on this one. So uh, obviously I think when this comes out, this game will will already be over. But if you can hear me through the ether, Georgia State plus six and a half.
0: (laughs) Diving into games that more people care about, that 12 o'clock while everybody's watching Rutgers on Saturday, Florida State goes to Clemson. And just two teams that I feel like we don't have a good gauge on yet. Florida State looked dominant in week one, obviously, taking down LSU. A weird game last week. Then you got Clemson losing to Duke in the opening week. We don't know how good they are. And it's only a two-point spread. feels weird to me. Again, that feels like a rat line. I don't know which way I would even go there. If I had to bet one way or the other... I, I would personally take a chance on Clemson. I think that line is screaming for you to take Florida State, which is always yep. a red flag in my mind. But again, not a game that I'll probably personally be betting because it's at 12 o'clock. But, and we'll be watching Rutgers. That'll be a game if I was watching I would be betting on. But, but yeah. if, if I had to, and, and because it's one of the big games we should have mentioned it, I would probably lean Clemson, Clemson in that game.
1: Yeah, I, I think this line tells me two things. One, it's Clemson at home. That's a that's a hostile place to go for yeah, sure. Hundred um, percent. It is a noon game, so less less. If it was a night game, like it might be even like a pick'em to be honest. However, I think this game might be more of a function of Florida State just struggling on the road in, in Chestnut Hill at Boston College. I think if they win that game or they cover that game, maybe we're looking at four or five points Florida State covered. The reason that I'm I'm siding with Florida State here minus two and a half is, uh, Clay Clubnick, the Clemson quarterback. I don't want to say he's looked bad. He just hasn't looked like that five star top. T- I don't know if he's top ten or not quarterback that he's been. He hasn't looked like Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't looked like Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I feel like DJ might have has DJ Uyunglele has looked was looked better when he was down in in, in Clemson. And, and they don't have the receivers that they've had in the past. They're relying on like shorter, speedy, speedier wide receivers. They don't have Justice Ross or uh, T. Higgins, those guys, Mike Williams. And Will Shipley is good. He's a good running back, but he's, I almost feel like he's almost like an off brand, no disrespect to you, Travis Etienne. And they got, their defensive line is phenomenal. Their offensive line has struggled, but then their secondary just hasn't been great. Florida State, on the other hand, they have one of the best def- defensive ends in the country. I like Travis or uh, Jordan Travis. I think they have a better running back. Johnny Wilson and Noah Coleman or whatever Coleman on number four on Florida State is. I think they're just better offensively. And Clemson is struggling in the red zone. they struggled against Duke. I think this is a better defense than Duke. Uh, So I just think Florida State is better right now. But I do think Dabo Sweeney is a better head coach than uh, Mike Norvell. I do think that's for sure. Uh, Dabo's done a great job, but Clemson's an example of a team that hasn't bought into where college football is right now. They haven't bought into them the transfer portal, NIL. Like they need to get in with it, or they're going to get left behind. Uh, and Florida State's kind of on the other hand, where they are bringing in transfer players. So that's where I'm leaning with Florida State. Awesome game. I wish it was like in the 3:30 slate, uh, but in any case, a game that you should watch if you aren't watching Rutgers or if you have two TVs.
0: We're going to talk about two more before we go into our picks of the week. This is one of those where we just got to talk about games because there's so many good ones. Alabama Ole Miss, there's a huge, huge overreaction right now. And it might not be an Mm -hmm. overreaction, but there's a huge overreaction to Alabama. Losing to Texas, obviously, and then what they did last week against South Florida. Tyler Buckner, I believe, played that game. So that's why they did what they did against South Florida. He's just not good. We saw that at Notre Dame. He came over with um, Reese, obviously, Tommy Reese. To Alabama, he's just not good. They're going back to Jalen Milroe I don't know if that means good things, but I do know that Ole Miss is going to come ready for this game. Lane Kiffin and old Saban uh, coordinator. Another game that I just I might stay away from. I feel like yeah. these are just the big games. I don't like any of these lines, but Bama is a six and a half point favorite. Do we think that's a a respect thing for Alabama or do we think that Vegas saying they're going to bounce back in this game?
1: I, I, to me, I look at that and, you know, at at first I saw it and I was like, give me Ole Miss with the points. Give me that, give me that, give me that. Then I remember when is the last time Nick Saban lost two games in a row? Like, and they're at home. The game against USF was ridiculous. I mean, that, that score, they should not have scored that touchdown at the end of the game. That was bull. The game should have ended 10 to three and we should have been like, holy crap. Alabama stinks. Uh, And that was a game they probably went down to South Florida so that the recruits in that area could just stay home and go to the game. I don't know how you feel if you're an Alabama potential recruit watching that. You mentioned Tyler Buckner. The game finished with Ty Simpson at quarterback. I don't know if Jalen Milrose got in. In my opinion, I think Jalen Milrose is for sure the best quarterback on that team right now. What he's able to do with his legs just as an athlete is extremely dynamic. Alabama is just... They don't have the great running back. They don't have the great wide receivers. Their defense, I feel like, is still good. I think Texas is a better team than Ole Miss. And Texas was, I don't remember what the line was there. But seven points, I think, is is fair, I think, in this game. And I think Alabama, if they want to, I mean, I don't, I'm not ready for college football to not involve Alabama in the top 10. I think it's always fun when they're there making a fight for the SEC West they need this game because if they don't, Ole Miss could be the best, not the best team, but the best team in the West at least. Uh, so we'll see. I, I I do think it's a bit of a reaction and should be to what happened against USF. But, you know, <laughs> I give me Nick Saban over Lane Kiffin any day of the week. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, a great game, I think, though. And I, I almost wish it was in Ole Miss. I'm curious what the line would be there. I think Alabama's still favored. It's probably like four. But in any case, a game that you got to watch and hopefully there's some points scored
0: and and the final one of course seven thirty, nbc ohio state going to notre dame best game of, of the week easily could be one of the games of the year it was a great one last year well it was supposed to be a great one last year it turned out to be really ugly last year notre dame getting three at home again a little bit of a respect thing for ohio state I like this Notre Dame team, and I'm not traditionally a Notre Dame lover. I don't like the hype they get every year. I don't like how they're in the playoff at times or in the national title game back in 2012 and just get their doors blown off. I, I like now them now because they have a quarterback. Sam Hartman's legit. He's a pro. He throws the football well. They finally have a, a semblance of a passing attack. I mean, last year was just a disaster. I mentioned Tyler Buckner and then whoever else was there last year. Ian Book was not a, a good thrower of the football. He was a r- good runner. He was mobile. But I didn't trust him back there. They finally got a quarterback, and I think they could win this game. If I, This is one I will be betting because I'll be watching for sure. Give me plus three, but if you want to sprinkle on the money line, I think Notre Dame could win this game.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely the best Notre Dame. I, again, I feel like I don't want to overreact here because they started the year – what, against Navy? And when you have an entire summer to, compare, to prepare for the triple option, you're going to shut it down. And they did. And their offense played great. They played NC State. And I can't remember who else they've played. Uh, but Ohio State, again, I mentioned this when we were talking Michigan, has improved each game. And they scored like 63 points against western kentucky albeit at home kyle mccord finally announced as like the starter and i think that mattered a lot we're seeing marvin harrison do his thing we're seeing travion henderson finally reemerge in the running back game but what notre dame has is you know audric Estime now he is a leading rusher because he did play in week zero but he's phenomenal he's a jersey guy i'm always rooting for the jersey guys uh but ohio state's defense is good Their front seven is good. They have arguably the best group of pass rushers in the country. I'm curious if Notre Dame's offensive line, who's always good, they have probably one of the best, if not the best, offensive tackles. uh, I forget what his name is, but he's phenomenal. I'm just not sure if Notre Dame's defense is going to be able to contain Ohio State. Ohio State has the capability of scoring in three plays uh, against anybody. So I'm curious to see what happens there. I don't have a pick on this just yet. I want to see maybe like Ohio State's team. I don't know because if Ohio State, if the game is close, I don't, I don't know if, I don't think it's because Notre Dame is scoring a lot of points. I think it's because they're limiting Ohio State. So I still need to see what, like, what's, what's going on there. But yeah, game, probably the best game of the, of the, uh, best game of the year so far. No, I mean, Texas Alabama was good, but this is two top 10 games. This is the most important game for Notre Dame in, I don't know how many years. I truly don't know how many years it's been. Uh, They've made it to the college football playoffs, obviously, twice. But this is the game. I don't think they've beat Ohio State since, like, the 30s. This is the biggest game of the year, our biggest game in the last probably 10 years for them. If they want to be respected as what they are as Notre Dame, they have to win this game. So we'll see what happens, especially at home.
0: I'm going to flip it now into our best bets of the week. Again, five bets. One in the Rutgers game. So six total, one in the Rutgers game. And I'm going to start in the big. I'm going to stay in the Big Ten. I'm going to take Penn State right now. They're given 15. I don't like that it's 15. I want it at 14. I am not offered it at 14 right now. But I'm going to take them. I can see, you know, 28 10 in this game. Again, I'm not a Brian Ferenc fan. We know that. I think Iowa's offense stinks. Penn State at home because this game is home as well. The over under is only forty, so they so nobody thinks, crazy. So that means twenty eight tens on the table. Nobody thinks Iowa mm-hmm. going to score any points, and I'm one of them. I think this offense <laughs> is really really bad. A game it's against, a whiteout exactly that too. A game against Western Michigan doesn't change my opinion. Penn State's going to be up for this game. I like that Iowa's ranked because that gives Penn State a little more incentive. This defense is is good. The offense is so bad for Iowa they can't score any points. I, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to take Penn State. Again, I don't love the 15 spread. I wish it was 14. But uh, give me 28-10. That'll be my unofficial prediction for the score as well.
1: <laughs> uh, my first pick. I'm gonna go with Auburn with the points seven and a half on the road at Texas A&M. The number one reason that I think this is gonna happen is the boosters. I think the boosters of Texas A&M have like announced that they have the money to buy out Jimbo or Jimbo Fisher's contract. I think they want them to lose this game because I think they want to fire Jimbo Fisher. If they win this game, it's another week. It's possibly another season with Jimbo Fisher. It's a big seventy million dollar contract left. It's a crazy contract to begin with but I do think that while well, he's a controversial head coach Hugh Freeze I think he's a good I think he's just, I think he's a good football coach you know we're gonna get the scandals i so move it to the side I think he's just a good football coach uh, I don't know if Auburn's as talented as they've been in the past but I do like getting a touchdown and a half a point on the road against Texas A&M who just has has been disappointing they've just been like the yeah. the inverse yeah. of benefiting from NIL and transfer like they've They've stunk. They just have. And they have all the resources. They have all the momentum, and they just stink. Um, so yeah, give me Auburn plus seven and a half. I need you to do me a favor. Look up the USC team total for me if you if you are offered it right now. I, I don't. I've been I've been looking for, for team totals this this whole time, you? and I'm not seeing anything on Fanduel. Oh no, I can't look there. Let's see. Give me one sec. Totals. Yeah, I don't, I don't have it available yet. Maybe. That seems strange. We definitely have done this podcast earlier. But, yeah, I don't see any team totals for any team on FanDuel. Well,
0: because I don't have an official number, I'm going to keep off that for now. But USC team total
1: over would have
0: been a pick. That'll be one with an asterisk next to it. In uh, Arizona State, Arizona State's a bad team. And, again, I said in the beginning of the year, USC team total overs are in play every week. I'm going to take, with my next pick, though, I'm going to take Texas on the road at Baylor. Again, Minus 14, I don't love that it's so high, again, especially on the road, but I like that it's 14 now. I could get that two scores, and I just think Baylor's bad, and I know there's history there of Baylor competing at home, especially in these Big 12 games. I think a lot of people are going to go off of that and think that Baylor will keep this one close, but this is a different team this year, and Texas really can't afford to let down at all this year if they want to make the football college football playoffs So. Give me Texas in a runaway.
1: Yeah. And I think that this is another game where if Texas doesn't, they kind of, they, they showed weakness against it Wyoming, whoever they played this past week, they blow them out the entire game. I think this could be a 17 and a half point spread. So probably good value there. Uh, I'm going to ride with my team in the Pac 12, Washington minus 20 and a half, hosting Cal. Uh, I, I'm just all in on the Huskies. Uh, I, yeah, Cal is bad. And I just think that. I'm going to say Michigan State's probably better than Cal, and this game's at home for the Huskies, and Cal is just not good. Clearly, things can go sideways. I would have looked at the Washington team total over, but it's not posted. But I'm going to go with Washington minus 20.5 hosting uh, Cal. This pick is playing into a a
0: personal rule that I always have. I'm going to take the Iowa State-Oklahoma State under 36 and (laughs) – For anybody out there, the personal rule, if you see a number like that in college football, you take that under and you take it without – if you lose it, you can sleep well at night because you're going to be watching this game and and hoping these two teams score points to get to 36 for you, and it's going to be 10-3 in the fourth quarter and it's going to be a miserable day for you. You take that under and you don't think twice about it. I always look back to the bowl game. It was Kentucky – it might have been Kentucky-Iowa last year's bowl game, and it was 34. I took the under. And the game ended 21-0. Iowa won that game, I believe, and they scored on two pick sixes. So seven offensive points in that game. I think this might be something similar. There's not going to be a lot of scoring. So under 36.
1: I'm just going to go for it here. I'm not I'm not sold on it, but I just think they are the better team, specifically offensively. And I think they have some great talent on defense. I'm going to go with FSU minus 2.5. It's a big game. I know it's that noon game, but I – I need. I, I want to see a change of guard in the ACC, and I think that Florida has one of the best wins of the year already. I think they're a better team than Clemson, so I'm going to go with Florida State minus two and a half. I think that they should be favored in this game. I think that if if Florida State doesn't struggle against Boston College, this spreads a lot wider. I don't think Clemson has done much to show that they're that much of a better team after losing to Duke. If they continue to turn over the ball like they have, I don't think this game will be close. So give me the Seminones minus two and a half.
0: As ugly as this one is, I'm going to take a chance on a team coming off of a big game. And I'm going to take South Florida staying home, getting three points from Rice Now, I mean, is Rice any good? Who knows? Is South Florida good? No. But South Florida staying home. They're coming off a game against Alabama. You're not going to let down against Rice. You got a little more experience. Ugly, hold your nose and take that one.
1: Yeah. I, I, my next pick, I'm not, uh, it's a night game. I think I'm going to stay away from it. Let's go. You know, I'm going to keep it hot. I'm, I'm going to give games that I think people – the reason I'm saying this is I still might give it. There's one game that I know nobody will be watching that I'm, I'm probably going to give it at the end. This game people will be watching, primetime game. I'm going with Ohio State minus three and a half. I think that they are the better team. I think that Kyle McCord being the starter, getting all of the first team reps has mattered. They have tremendous wide receivers. I think they have a better defense. I think Ryan Day is a better coach. The only thing that's tough here is it's on the road. Uh, and But I don't look at South Bend as this scary place. I, right. I think that they be quiet at time. It's, it's, it's going to be a great college football environment, historic matchup. But I do think this is a game where Ohio State takes care of it. I also think I'm not going to bet it, but I think this game could definitely go under. Uh, I think it could go under 55 and a half. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot. We're going to see why Ohio State's defense is better this this game. I think They're going to get after Sam Hartman. But what, what Ohio State needs to do is they they need to do what Notre Dame wants to do, and that's run the ball. They have good running backs. They need to find a way to get a push against Notre Dame. So give me give me the Buckeyes minus three and a half. I think this is a game, you know, I want to give out a pick that people are going to be watching. And I just don't, I think that Ohio State has the possibility to be up at halftime like 21-10, I would say.
0: My final pick, the Oregon State-Washington State game is very interesting to me. Such a tough place to go play. Agreed. Washington State is such a tough place to go play. I, I'm not confident, I believe, in Oregon State just yet. They're up to 14. They're minus three in this game. I would lean Washington State, but what I'm going to do is take the over 58 and a half. I think there's going to be this is going to be a game where there's some points scored. I know Oregon State doesn't play with a ton of pace, but Washington State, that just it's an over stadium. They're an over team. I don't care how many years ago it was that they. They created that reputation where Gardner Minshew. Still feels like that. I'm going <laughs> to ride with
1: it. It does. No, you're absolutely right. I completely agree with you. When I think Washington State, I think Mike Leach. I think Gardner Minshew. I think passing 60 times in a game. Absolutely fair. Even though if it's completely different now. So this is this for my last pick. This is where I kind of I just gave out like the two or two of the bigger names. There's a couple of games I'm interested in. It's Bowling Green plus 12 and a half against Ohio, hosting Ohio. I looked at that one too. Honestly. And then also Akron on the road at night against Indiana. Should Indiana be a 17-point favorite? Rutgers has never been a double-digit favorite this season so far. And I think that – I just think that's so many points. But Indiana's defense has shown it's good. It's not bad. It's a good defense. It's just like can their offense score that many points and can Akron maybe get a touchdown – Talking myself into it, Bowling Green plus twelve and a half is my last pick. This is more of a factor of me watching them against Michigan, not playing terribly, but definitely being outmatched. I think that's for sure. Ohio, though, is a team good defense, good good veteran quarterback. But I didn't hate what I saw from Bowling Green, uh, so give me them twelve plus twelve and a half at home against Ohio.
0: And finally, we got to pick a Rutgers game. Obviously, I hate everything about both of these betting lines the the total, the spread, but. If I had to nail down the side, I'm taking Rutgers given the 24. I think it's a lot of points. I really do, and that's not you know that's an unbiased opinion. I think they can make this game ugly and stay within you know three and a half scores. I think if it was you know 21 or even 20, obviously lower, I would be more nervous about it. But 24 seems a little high to me still. So I'm going to take Rutgers plus 24.
1: Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you there. One one interesting line. I was I'm not going to give it out as a pick, but. Rutgers to score first, plus 265. It could happen. I mean, that's just to score. That's not to score a touchdown. I mean, that's another thing that we're going to have to remember. Jay Patel. Jay Patel can kick field goals. Maybe we're going to need to kick field goals in this game. I don't know how Michigan's kicker is. I know that they had, I think, Jake Moody, who was like one of the best kickers in college football history. I think he's in the NFL now. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that's another thing. That's the only other bet that I'm able to see on this site that I'm looking because I can't see Rutgers on FanDuel. Uh, the, the, yeah, I think this game could easily go under uh 44 points but when you tell me that the the like this has a it's just crazy that what the Penn State over under is being 40 and a half I think that's like shocking to me but it makes sense that they're playing Iowa so yeah I uh definitely think Rutgers plus 24 I I wouldn't feel comfortable taking Michigan minus 24 what's strange to me is it it got to this point and it hasn't moved it it started so high and it's stuck here so Maybe they i don't I don't know, I just feel like that doesn't happen often, and it's happened a couple of times with Rutgers now. What was the opening of the Virginia Tech line? It was like three and it moved all the way up to seven, I think yeah. at one point, yeah big um, there too, yeah, but just keep this in mind, like right? Indiana seventeen point favorite at home against Akron Michigan a twenty four and a half hosting Rutgers like I don't understand that line for Indiana. Keep an eye on that. It might move, but just keep an eye on that line. I know we're talking Rutgers, but Rutgers plus twenty four is my pick.
0: Well, that's all we got for you today. Every Rutgers fans enjoy the weekend. This is a different enjoyment. Maybe this is a one that you might get some hope, depending how Rutgers plays. But this is a weekend with no pressure. You don't have to worry about going and losing a tough game like you would have the first three weeks. Rutgers is three and zero. Wagner coming in next week, so four and one is a realistic possibility. So hey. Rutgers, go shock the world. Be competitive and, you know, do something that fans can be excited about. So everybody enjoy the game this weekend.
1: Yep, can't wait. Go Rutgers.